Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 125, where in a moment, we welcome another guest, this time author and business coaching expert, Stuart Mason, to chat about this week's subject, learn to earn. That's in a moment, as I say, but please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here, and you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows, because in our programmes today, we featured loads of stuff, mortgages, investing, wills and powers of attorney, and heaps more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. Last time, we looked at end of year tax planning. Remember, we can drill down and focus on pretty much anything forensically. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, you'll get us there. Like I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to do to address and help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis. Joining me as always, the star of our show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you today? Good, thank you. Okay, this is going to be a good one because at some point you're going to get to talk about goals and vision boards again. and We, we always love that in this show. You called this one Learn to Earn. Before we welcome Stuart to the show, tell us why you've called it that. Yeah, I thought, well, I've known Stuart a, a few years now. Stuart's actually my business coach. There's a lot of synergy between business coaching and, and kind of financial planning. I, I, I've been doing sessions with Stuart just recently again, and, and it's been great. And, and, and I kind of thought, it's like, whatever you do in life, you've got to learn. So, for example, I, I had to learn to become a financial advisor. I, years ago, I had to study for the exams, learn about products, learn about different rules and, and things. And then not only that, but then you've got life's experiences as well. And I learned through making mistakes. I then went on to learn how to, to run a business because being a good financial advisor doesn't mean to say that you're going to be a good business person. So I, I don't know. I just, I had to learn how to lead a team. I had to learn how to do marketing, learn how to hire people. I'm still learning to they still making mistakes as well. But my, my 18-year-old son's been in the office quite a bit lately. He's a wee bit of a crossroads just now. He doesn't know what he wants to do. And I always keep saying to him, I was like, whatever he does next, he's got to learn how to do it. And so, like I say, I've known Stuart a, a number of years. Um, he's been a great help to me. And that's why I thought it'd be good to get him on the, the podcast as a guest today. Now, you and I, we've, we've both met and worked with Stuart before. Indeed, Stuart's got his own very successful podcast. So we're a little bit in the know. But the thing is that there's always new audience out there just waiting to be entertained and informed. For anyone who knows Stuart's backstory, perhaps from reading one of his books or listening to his podcast or attending an event, you won't mind hearing it again because I think Stuart would be the first to point out his path is not what you'd call conventional. And that's one of the many reasons it's so interesting. So, Stuart, welcome to the show. I know it's a, a big backstory from there to here, but can you fill us in on the, the nuts and bolts of it and how you reached the stage that you're at now and, and what your business entails now? Hi, John. Uh, and I feel as well. Yeah, it's great to be back. Um, so interesting, the nuts and bolts of me. Um, well, it all goes back to when I was an air traffic controller in the RAF and I felt there wasn't enough stress or pressure in my life, so I left and started <laughs> my own printing business. That soon changed that. And then over the next 20 years, that business would grow and it became an award-winning multi-million pound business and the largest independent chain of print centres in the country. So there was a lot of, lot of success there. Then a dramatic music, dun, 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 that business failed on its 20th birthday. 
And the reasons really for that is really what we're about to discuss. So first, a question, though. Who listening to this podcast would like to earn more? It's not a trick question. Would you like to earn more? Now, I'm not talking about striking for 5% here. I'm talking about earning maybe double or treble, maybe even quadruple what you do just now. So we're talking career change. We're talking seismic shift. So I wonder what the answers to that are. I'm going to assume it's a yes. I think most people would be in that position just now, especially with the, the cost of living crisis. Absolutely. For, for your own career, Stuart, so you, you're now doing business coaching. I think you've got another business on the, the side as well. Is that right? Not so much on the side, just in case H- HMRC are listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a business my wife started and it's called Paw Bags. And if you're in Glasgow, you're probably rolling about now. And the, the, <laughs> the reason Paw Bags actually existed, Phil, it was never actually a business. It was actually designed as a mock business, as an illustration going back to the learning here to show clients how a marketing program that I created a couple of years ago actually worked because it dives really deep into marketing. A lot of clients were struggling with it. So we created a fictitious business called Paw Bags and ran it through the system. Then we thought, hey, this could actually work. So we kind of learned from the, the, the marketing program how, how to start a nice, good, solid pet business. And, and it's, it's doing really well. She's really grabbing it, running well with it. And of course, she's learning every day as well because this is all new to her. Yeah. So it's all just like learning, whatever you're doing in life, is it? You're you're learning all the time. And that's why I always think the more you learn, the more you're likely to earn. Absolutely. One of the things from from working with Stuart or yourself in a podcast, Phil, is is that you you learn by osmosis. You you hear ideas or thought processes often enough and they start to stick and sort of form in your own mind. So I've come away from Stuart's podcast with sound bites of things like conversion rates, planning, marketing. You can't assess what you don't accurately measure. There you go. Big, hairy, audacious goals, all of these things. But this concept of learn to earn that we're looking at today, where where did it begin for you, Stuart? And, And how does it continue? And why is it so important to keep learning? It's an interesting question, John, and for for me, the whole learning aspect of it was a huge reason why my business failed. Quite simply, the business outgrew me, and I was too stupid to realise it at the time, and because the learning had stopped. I mean, when I had that business, I mean, it was over 20 years, 20 years, right? I could count on one hand the number of business books I had actually read. In fact, I could probably count on one hand with three fingers the number of business books I'd actually read. And one of them would have been the Beano. And, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. That You know, the only time earn comes before learn is in the dictionary. You know, in life, in business, we, we've got to, you know, we can only earn once we learn. And that's why I asked the question right at the start, because if you want to earn more, if you want to change your job, you want to change your career, then what are you going to learn that's going to facilitate that earn. And that, that was a huge reason why my business failed, because the learning, the, the learning didn't stop. Just, it just wasn't there. You, know, you can fly by the seat of your pants on, you know, to get a business to be a million. To get that beyond that, you've got to learn a lot of stuff. And I was given that advice way too late in life. And another bit of advice I got way too late in life as well is, and I think it was Brad um, Sugars, Brad Sugars got this from Jim Rohn, I believe, read a book a week for the rest of your life. Read a book a week for the rest of your life. So for the last seven years, I've followed that, kind of, right? But mainly with audiobooks. The learning has been absolutely amazing. It may not be a book every single week. However, and I checked this before I came on, over the last seven years, I have got through, ready for this? Mm-hmm. Two books. No, I'm just kidding. 300 <laughs> books. 300 books. Some of them have been absolutely, unbelievably amazing. And some haven't. 
Aye, mm. but mostly, they've, I, I've learned tons, absolute tons. The sheer tonnage of what I've learned, I can't even begin to explain. The learning comes before the earning every single time, in my humble opinion. Here's a, a quick sort of aside. Have you ever been midway through a book and thought, you know, this is just, this is just awful. I'm never going to get anything out of this at all. I'm going to throw this book or I'm going to throw this audio book and, and, and quit here and start another. Have you ever done that or do you always go right to the end? Do you know what, John? It's really interesting you see that because I've got an audio book just now, which I won't mention. It was recommended from a, from a client and a really nice title and I, ju I just cannot get to grips with it. Mm. However, I'm not 100% sure as the content of the book. It's the, the author reading the book and a drone monotone voice. Mm. And I just, I can't absorb it. So maybe that's one of the books I need to actually go and read rather than listen to. So yes, there have been one or two, but admittedly not many. I'm quite selective, and but you know, time's limited. You know, I've been three three hundred books over seven years. How many books is there out there? I think somebody said it was something like 120 million books in the in the in the English library, UK library. So I'm very selective in the books that I pick. Hence why 99% of the time I get through them all and pick the golden nuggets. Now, one of the most important things about having a business is knowing what you want to achieve from it. Not the business goals as such. That's what you're going to be doing to get there. But what you want for you from your business. And this is this is a bit Phil loves most, I always think. Talking about goals, planning how to achieve them, vision boards. Phil, maybe you can talk a bit about that from your, your own experience first. And then, Stuart, if you sort of expand upon that in more general terms for how those structures open up for anyone to make a goal and achieve it. So, Phil, what about what about you, first of all? Yeah, one, one of the things I've always been big on is kind of like goal setting. And that that's some of the things that we do with, with Stuart. Stuart's a business coach, so he, he'll go through that sort of thing. And then we'll, we'll look at the goals, then we'll do the planning for it, the learning to get us to where we want to go as well. I, I've done vision boards for probably about six or seven years now. When I say a vision board, what it is, I've got these little pin boards and I, I post, put photos on it. So at the minute... I've got photos of what, like one of my goals. I'd love to meet Roger Daltrey, lead singer of the Who. So I've got a photo of him on on one board. I've always wanted to go to Machu Picchu in Peru, so I've got a, a photo of that on on another one. And to start with, I used to have one board. But after speaking to Stuart, I've now got four. So I've got three boards, and that's it. It's like why limit yourself to just certain things? So I kind of. I've got three boards for personal stuff and one for the business. But with, with these boards, I, I'm a very visual person. So when I look at it, it excites me and it motivates me to work hard and it, it kind of inspires me to try and get the things that I want to get. And I mean, mm. if I went back, I actually had a look at it. This wasn't the very first board that I did, but the, there was one from a few years back and on it, I had... A photo of Denver, I always wanted to, to go there because I'm a big Denver Broncos fan. I had a photo of a Grand Prix car because I'd always wanted to, to go to a, a Grand Prix. I'm not really a big Formula One fan, but I just thought I wanted to experience the roar of the, the race cars going around the circuit. So we did that. I'd, I'd always wanted to go to a Super Bowl. So that one got ticked off the, the kind of list as well. And I, I put down what I achieved to the focus that it gave me, and, and I could see what I wanted. And Stuart will probably touch on this in a minute, but he goes on about being really specific with, with things. And so I, I've now got a photo of a, a car that I want, but I've actually printed it off in the, the specific colour that I want. And and he'll often say, it's like, right, think of how you want the, 
the stitching on the seats of the car to be that that like really fine details. So I, I would say, like with all of that things, that the, the vision boards have, have been great for me. But all all of that throughout the the journey, I've been learning how to build a successful business and that could allow me to do all of these things. So the the learnings what's got me to like the the results at the end of the day. Yeah, just uh, before Stuart sort of goes on to, to talk about um, the goals and, and the ideas that come from it, you mentioned there you had four boards and three were personal and one was business-related. Yeah. Does the business-related one, uh, does it go towards what the, the other three have or are, is it completely separate? I mean, the, the business presumably is fundamental in what you've got in the other three. Yeah, that's it. I mean, like for, for the business, if the business is doing well, that affords me the money to be able to go and do a lot of the things that I, I want to do. So one of the things I'm working with, with Stuart at the minute is that it's called a 531 planner. So we're looking at where the business is at the minute, looking at where we want it to be in a year, where we want it to be in three years and five years. But aligned very closely with that is the, the kind of personal goals and things that I want to achieve. So when you look and say, right, I want to get this, then you've got a plan and say, right, how am I going to get there? And then it, it, like we've gone on a bit like learn to earn, but then I have to think, right, what have I got to put knowledge that I need to to then get to that point? And, and it's the same way with financial planning. You might think, right, I want to have this kind of retirement. So you've got to plan it out and then think, right, how are we going to get to, to that. So that that's why I think the two things are, are really kind of linked a lot. And I, one, one thing I was going to say as well, I mean, a lot of people won't know really what a, a business coach does, Stuart. So I just got to look to see if you would explain a wee bit about what you do for, for businesses on the, the coaching side. Yeah, I mean, well, let's look at the goals first, Phil, actually, because you, it, it's quite interesting what, what you're saying about the vision, the goals and the vision, et cetera. Absolutely. And this ties in nice what a business coach does. First of all, goals need to be written down. That that's that to me is the fundamental. Not typed, not put in Facebook, not put in Instagram, written down. Because there's something magic happens in us humans when we write things down. And I didn't know this until recently, but it's actually impossible for the brain to think of something else when you're actually writing something down. I thought that's that's quite interesting. Hence the power of writing those goals down. And then you need to see them every day. Just like just like the vision board we're talking about, because you know that that's that's where it becomes real. That's where it becomes visual. And I always say to to friends, colleagues, you know, any clients I'm working with, think on paper. It's really really important. Think on paper. And then, as you just you said, the vision board. Well, they just take that to a whole new level. Get the images accurate, so they become your thoughts, not mine. You can put up generic pictures, but the more they're aligned with what your what your goals and vision are, the, the absolute better. And then you want that vision board on your wall. And a lot of people in here are, you know, they they get bent out of shape by putting vision boards on their wall. Well, what if somebody sees it? Well, hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, what if somebody doesn't? What if you don't? So to me, get that vision board on your wall and don't be embarrassed about it. You know, that's a British thing. You go into most American business owners and they've got a vision wall. Forget the board, they've got a vision wall. <laughs> And, and I know, Phil, you've achieved pretty much everything that's been on your vision boards for you know for many, many years. Is that a coincidence or is it the fact you see them? And to answer your next question, that's that's what a business coach does. You know, I, I get the easy job. I don't do any of the work. You know, the client does all the work. I just ask the questions. And, you know, the, the answers are there. It's my it's my job to get the business owner to find those answers, not give them the answers, ask them the questions so that they come up with the answers themselves because the answers are always there. But the answers are always different. You know, I remember a great quote from Einstein was where uh, a good number of years ago, the, the professor was, was handing out exam papers. 
and the, his assistant noticed, oh, hang on, that's the same exam paper that he handed out the last time. And she was really, really embarrassed to go up and say anything to Einstein, you know, the, the great professor, for goodness sake. But eventually, like, no, I've got to, I've got to go up. And she says, no, professor, do you realise that these are the, the same exam papers we handed out before? Yeah, but the question's the same. He went, yes, they are. The questions are the same, but the answers have changed. And that sums up business in a nutshell. The questions I ask might be the same, but the answers always, always change. So hope that answers the question from what a business coach does. I just sit here and answer, ask questions. <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really easy job, honestly. What, what do you think sets successful businesses and high achievers apart from the rest, Stuart? That, that's a really interesting question. I, it all comes down... I would say mindset. If I was to put one word onto its mindset, right? Um, in fact, Phil, you you used you used a fantastic quote. I don't know if you did it intentionally, but just one of these things that came out, and I thought, well, you know what, that that sums it up. When looking at other people and, and other businesses, the successes that they have had, the, the quote you used is, "Why not me?" Yeah. Why not me? And that 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 that's the answer to to your own question, right? That's what makes some business owners successful and some entrepreneurs massively successful. It's when they look at things and go, well, why not me, right? And they prepare to sacrifice. You know, I, I see a lot of business owners that sit back and expect the magic to happen. Sometimes it does. Mostly it doesn't, right? You know, hard work and graft, you know, what was it Gary Vaynerchuk refers to as hustle. You've got to hustle in business, right? And the business owners that I see that they graduate to become entrepreneurs and smash it out the park are the ones that realize that. They keep on learning, that they realize they've got to learn before they can earn. They go out, they do it, they smash it out the park, and they never, ever, ever lose focus of what the goal is. You look at all the entrepreneurs that are successful, and you'll see that mechanism is in place. They've got the goals, and they write them down. So right. I was, one of the things I was going to say is a, a lot of people, like their limiting beliefs, is it? They, they kind of hear people say, oh, no, you could never do that. And that, that's one of the things that, that I would say kind of holds a lot of people back. But it is once you know where you want to go, it's like, right, what are you going to learn to, to get there? And doing the work is half the, the battle because you get a lot of people that think, oh, I want to achieve this. But then they don't do the work to actually get them there. And like you were saying, Stuart, whether that's like, for example, reading a book every week, a, a lot of people will say, oh, I want to get to that point, but they're not willing to go and learn and do the work to, to actually get there. Yeah. I was just uh, emailing Roger Daltrey there, Phil, and asking him if you consider taking the Who to play Machu Picchu. So I'm just trying to help you out on the side there. I, I'm not sure what your, your view in this would be, Stuart, so I'm interested to know. Out there right now, there's strikes, there's record inflation, a cost of living crisis, in part fueled by the fact nobody can afford fuel. Do these factors influence when it's a good or a bad time to start a business, or do they not matter? If the business has got everything right, it'll succeed anyway. And... Tell us, for, for those people listening right now who think they've got the germ of an idea that's sort of whirring about in their heads, just eating away at them, and they're considering starting a business, what would you do for them as a coach to help? I mean, you've spoken about vision boards and things, but just at the very outset, what would you do? Wow. Okay, that's that's a, that's a great question. And hey, let's throw in a bit of controversial answers, right? <laughs> You'll be long enough. So let's do the strikes first, okay? Right. Public sector workers with their gold-plated pensions, right? It's a luxury that 90% of business owners can only dream of, right? So they need to go and see Phil to get that sorted, which is why we're back to the need to learn, right? We're back to that again. And I often get asked, just as you said there, I get asked this all the time, is this a good time to start a business? 
is this a good time to start a business? Well, hold on to your seat because here comes the answer. No. Is this a good time to start a business? No. It's a great time to start a business. Because if you start your business now, amid all these rising costs and, you know, you know you'll be super savvy with all your expenses because you have to be. You'll be super creative because the marketing just now is so noisy in such a crowded marketplace. You will hit the ground running with really slick marketing. So it's a great time to start a business. And that's when I can help. I work with super motivated business owners and keep them on track. I ask the awkward questions. I quite often say to clients, you know, you, you know what do you want from me? Do you want me to tell you and ask you what you need to hear or what you want to hear? Because very often there's a big difference. And I'll challenge the bullshit. I can, can say that. We can challenge, challenge the nonsense. And keeping entrepreneurs, using that word deliberately, super focused and really efficient with their time and what they're doing. That's pretty much what I do. Whenever someone starts a, a business, Stuart, you've got to have kind of plans. So how, how do you go about doing that with, with business owners and like both sort of financially and for the, the business itself? How do we start? Yeah, actually, Phil, the way I go about this now is completely different from the way that I would normally do it when I, when I was back in a, a rookie coach back in, back in the, the, the Stone Age. And this goes back to the mistakes that I made. And I would always start with turnover. Like, you know, let's, let's get a turnover, 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 turnover. Um, and then I you know, quickly realised that turnover is vanity and profit is sanity. But it, that's actually still not the right answer. The, 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 the answer's got to start with what you want from the business. We've actually got to reverse engineer this and go back and say, what do you want from the business? What lifestyle do you want? And then you plan the business around that. Very, very few businesses get that or realise it or even do it. You know, not doing what most of us do in business is just grow, grow, grow and hope for the best and take what's left. That's what 95% of businesses do. And I'm 100% against business plans. I think they're a total and utter waste of time. Pages and pages and pages of irrelevant detail that gets seen twice. The first time is when you create it. And then some years later, when you're digging about the drawer, looking for those AAA batteries that you know are in there somewhere, you find it again. So when I'm working with business owners, we create what you refer to as the vision planner. It's on one single sheet of paper and it focuses everything that you need to do in your business. And it starts off with the personal goals, short, medium and longer term, then moves on to the business, turnover, clients, et cetera, marketing. But to answer your, to your question there, Phil, it all starts with what you want out of the business and what your personal goals are and then what the business needs to deliver in order to achieve that. I mean, one, one of the things I'm thinking of just, just now off the top of my head, like that sort of 531 planner that we use for the, the business coaching, that's really something I should adapt for people's financial planning. So again, you're saying, right, what's the goals that you've got in the future? Where are you now? Where do you want to be in five years' time? What we're going to do to, to get there? It really interlinks so well. One of the things we, we've called today's show Learn to Earn, and I, I love kind of learning. I'm nearly into reading books. I find it hard to sit down or and, and read a book. Where, where I get a lot of my learning is I'll watch a lot of YouTube videos, listen to a lot of inspirational kind of speakers there. I'll, I'll listen to like Facebook Lives. Podcasts is, is one that I, I'll listen to as well john's always amazed that i listen to other podcasts other than i can't our own, believe so. you listen to other podcasts um 
or I think you've you've had a podcast as well, which you'll probably tell us about soon, Stuart. But one of the things that I was going to ask you was just how how do you learn and and who do you learn from? Well, that's a great question, Phil. And go back to my podcast. I did, yeah, I did a, a fantastic podcast series with, with with John and the feedback that we get from all the lis- all, all the listeners and subscribers. You know that both of them seem to enjoy it. <laughs> so <laughs> that was me and you, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so how do I learn? I just I just never stop. I, I like to think myself as a sponge, and despite my maturing years, I still regard myself as a sponge, not a rock. So I learn through a bit like yourself, Phil. I'm not a I'm not a massive book reader, if I'm honest, but I do listen to a lot of audiobooks. So lots of videos, some books, lots of audiobooks. And and writing books as well, you know how to write your business, you know was, was was great fun and a fantastic learning. And the next level now is taking that into a living, breathing workbook. So taking all the learnings from the podcast and the book into an actual workbook. So I learned a lot actually from writing as well. Now the biggest bit of advice that I can give though, because we're talking about lots of learning and lots of reading here, there's one bit that's missing though. And you've got to act on. The learnings. There's no point in reading the book. God, oh, it's a fantastic book and closing it, right? Which is 99%. It's 99% of people that they, they, they do exactly that. They read the book, think it's fantastic, move on to the next one. And it was actually, it was I, I, an author that I really love, a guy called John Lamerton. He's, he's wrote a series of you know, fantastic books. It was actually John that said, no, you've got to sit down and pick out your action points. So what I'll, I'll, I'll often do and, and say to clients and friends, do highlight the bits that really excite you in the book, then go back and take the action points from them. There's no point in reading the book and not implementing those learnings. So as you read the book, learn from it, highlight the action points and tick them off before you start the next book. Rather than just saying, oh, I've read 300 books. Yeah, but how many of you actually put into action? What? many of that and that's really what prompted me to write the, the workbook so that we've got clients taking action hope that answers your question Phil yeah I, I know in the past you you've also held like a, an online book club where authors have, have came on and chatted and one, one of my favorites that I attended with you is was um, Michael Lozier came on one week he he's got a book called the law of attraction and I, I was just in awe when he came on it was great hearing him took a lot from it and but like at the moment, what books are you you kind of reading right now, Stuart? Or is there any that you would recommend to our listeners? Yeah, there's there's, there's quite there's quite a few I'd recommend. So if, if you want to just go and get your Christmas shopping done now, I'll start to go through them all. <laughs> but yeah, of course, Michael Loge. I mean, what what a fantastic um, guest he was. But there's been so many. I think David Marquet that wrote, you know, turn the ship around. If you, if you if leadership is something you want to focus on, you go and you want to go and read um, David's book, turn the ship around. A fantastic story. What, what else, you know, let, let me cover the game changers. You know, there's been some books that have been great. There's been some books that have been awesome. And there have been some books that have been utter game changers, right? So let's cover a few of the game changers because that's really what people are interested in. And the first one for me was Marcus Sheridan. He wrote a book called They Ask, You Answer, right? If you want to completely transform your business, go and read his book, right? Because you will probably do what most people do. You'll close the book or finish reading audio book and go, it can't be that simple. It can't be that obvious. How have I missed this for decades? So Marcus Sheridan, they ask you answer. The One Page Marketing Plan by Alan Dibb, another absolute gem. Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. If you want to get your business in the right path, go and read um, Donald Miller's Building a Story Brand. And then John Lamerton's um, Big Ideas for Small Businesses. 
absolute brilliant. And that's where John talks about get the action points in. And of course, there's an absolute fantastic book there called um, How to Write Your Business by... <laughs> it's a bit of it's a horror story actually but it's all learn before you earn I cannot stress that enough learn before you earn and like I say if leadership is the key then go and read David's book turn the ship around he was a great guest so there you go Phil that's my that's my top book thanks for anyone who has never read it Stuart tell us about your own book or is it books now well it's, it's still it's still the book you know the book was how to write your business which was the whole story of how I managed to take that massively successful business and, and, and wreck it on its 20th birthday. But of course, it wasn't wrecked on its 20th birthday. You know, as, as I said many times, that business, that business failed oh, maybe five, seven, five to seven years before it actually closed. That's when the business failed. It died in 2013. And the really scary thing for me was, you know, it's not until afterwards and writing the book, and even now beyond writing the book, that the answers became so, so obvious. That The first one was obviously that the success of the business actually hid the errors, which is now why the follow-up to the book, if you like, or the next stage of the book, maybe not the follow-up, but the next stage is taking that book and then putting it into a workbook with lots of learning. So you can't go on to the next chapter until you've finished it. It's not going to be available digital. It's not going to be audio. It's going to be a printed book that you've got to take your pen and your pencil and fill in all the questions and then progress through the book. So that's that's what I'm working on just now. So it's all based around how to write your business because you know what? I'm good at it. <laughs> sure. A, a question I wonder if maybe your answer's changed to over the years, and I imagine it has. For you, what defines success? Oh, as many supercars as you can fit in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> I found the finance agreement from Aston Martin. It was 186,000. And somebody went, geez, man, you spent 186 grand on a car. I went, yeah, but that, that, was, that was back in the 90s when 186 grand was a lot for a car. <laughs> My view on success has completely changed, completely changed. Fr- friends don't believe it because you know bearing in mind I managed to wreck my business and pretty much myself by having this obsession with money and to me what defines success well first of all that's an individual answer mm-hmm. you know there's three of us on this call and you know undoubtedly hundreds listening to it. every single one of us will define success differently and that's fine that's the way it's meant to be for me it was money supercars and helicopters now, if you want to go and do that, you know, fill your boots. It's a lot of fun, right? But today, for me, it's more about balance. And what I mean by that is the balance between living and working, right? Yeah, I had all these, you know, expensive toys, but did I have a business structured so that I can actually go and enjoy them? No. Um, so for me, it's about balance between living and working and less of the latter, less of the working. So I don't even know who this quote came from. You know, do you live to work or do you work to live? That's a very interesting question. And the other thing I would say, um, John, as well, is I never knew what success looked like. As, as crazy as that sounds, I never knew what success looked like. And that's a very, very dangerous position to be in because if you don't know what the success looks like, how do you know when you've achieved it? How do you know when you've arrived there? And that's where the planning and all the vision boards come in. And I would say where I went wrong is, you know, and, and Phil talks about, you know, the entrepreneur and all the rest of it. You know, what's what's the difference? What, what makes one business successful? We talked about ambition. But for me, the ambition led to success. The success led to arrogance. The arrogance led to complacency. And the rest, as they say, is history. So for me, what do I, what I, what, what really do I enjoy now? Do you know what? Been out on the beach in the morning with the sunrise, 
with my dog, you know what, Carl's, Carlsberg don't do dreams, but if they did. That's <laughs> it. I think as, as life goes on, you realise your priorities change as time goes on. And one thing that's maybe important a few years ago maybe isn't so important now. And that, that's and, and like you say, success is something that everybody will define in different kind of ways. One thing I've always been a great advocate of is, is business owners having a business coach. I know it's served me massively well over the, the years and I, I've known and, and dealt with Stuart for, for quite a long time. And one of the things I was going to say, Stuart, if, if anyone's listening to this podcast and thinks that they might benefit from your business advice and, and coaching, how would they go about finding you? Oh, just follow the trail of debt collectors. You'll, they'll soon look to me. <laughs> Find me on LinkedIn, usually the, the best. You know, just search Stuart Mason under LinkedIn. You'll find me there, big smiling face with my dog. It's called Monty. Um, or go into my website, howtowreckyourbusiness.co.uk, howtowreckyourbusiness.co.uk and find the contact forum, and we'll catch up from there. Now, in a moment, we'll get Phil's quote of the week, which I always enjoy. But first is a look at Phil's own life and how this week's particular topic has impacted him throughout the years. So, Phil, this week, learn to earn. What have you got in that? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, like when I was younger, I had to learn how to become a financial advisor. Now for me, I'm always looking to learn, like or always continuing to, to learn. And I mean, I'm learning how to become a better parent. That's kind of an ongoing thing. Learning how to run and grow a business, learning how to look after my health. That's that's probably the biggest thing for, for me at the moment, because yeah, you can have all the money in the world but if you're not healthy, you're not going to enjoy it, are you? That's that's the thing. So health is like learning there is, is a big thing for me. But whatever you do in life, you're always learning. And and like I say, I, I use my son as an example. He's 18 at the minute. And at times he keeps saying, oh, I want to join the police or thinking about the army. And then he'll look and he'll say, oh, but I want to earn more than that. And I was like, well, if you want to earn more, you've got to learn more. So it, it's really relevant in, in our lives at the moment. Absolutely. It's probably wrong advice to give him, but if he goes to the army, he could then come out and become a soldier of fortune and earn more of that. Never mind. And now time for for Phil's quote of the week. You were talking about working in your health there, Phil. I'm just thinking, you know, who's it said your your health is your wealth? I know you're a fan of inspirational quotes and I'm a collector of them, in fact. So what have you got to suit our topic this week on learn to earn? Yeah, we've got a quote, quote this week from Brad Sugars. Brad's a, a business coach and he, he's got the, the action coach franchise. I think it's the biggest coaching business in the world, I, I believe. But one of Brad's quotes, you'll never out earn your learning. And I think Stuart actually mentioned that earlier, is that same one earlier on as well. But I thought we'd actually ask Stuart about this one. And you, so you, you'll never out earn your learning. What, what's your thoughts on that, Stuart? Yeah, it's definitely a Brad quote. I mean, Brad is the master of quotes. Absolutely. He's had some crackers and there's a couple here. You know, I remember Brad talking about being a, a kind of inspirational speaker, a motivational speaker. And you know, he's not, I'm not a motivational speaker. If you, if you motivate an idiot, they just go on to do stupid shit faster. But that, that's not my favourite Brad quote, actually. And I think the the, the one that, that I, when I first heard this, I just burst out laughing because it's so obvious, it's so true. And it's wholly appropriate to finish today with. And this was it. Never take financial advice from a poor person. 
<laughs> now, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your query. So if ever you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week's contact details in a second. Give it to you after these. Hi, Phil. My family and I are thinking about selling our existing home and buying two smaller properties, one where we live now and a second in the area where I work during the week. Can I stay in that and lease out rooms in that property as well to generate an income stream? Well, one thing you need to just be aware of is if you are purchasing a second property, you get hit with various tax charges. Now, this will depend whereabout in the UK that you are and also the, the price that you buy at. So in England, for example, you pay stamp duty, but the, there's a 3% surcharge on second homes in Scotland, you pay what's called additional dwelling supplement. That's now up to a whopping 6% on, on properties that fall under that criteria. So that, that's one thing to be aware of if you're buying a second property. When it comes to renting out a room in your home, you, you've got what's called rent-a-room scheme. And this allows you to rent a room in your home and earn up to £7,500 per year tax-free. Now, I'm not exactly sure how it would work if you've got two kind of homes, I guess there, I suppose if if it was a couple, you could maybe have one home as the main residence for one and one for, for the main residence and as for the other. So there may be ways kind of around that, but the, the gov.uk website has got fact sheets on there with, with more details regarding the rent-a-room scheme. So definitely be worth looking into that further as well. Next up, here's one from Robert in Bathgate who wants to know, Hi, Phil. I keep hearing inflation might come back down again. If it does, will the mortgage rates come back down a bit too? We've actually found some some mortgage rates have come down. I mean, the, the Bank of England rate has just gone up again, but some of the lenders' rates have actually came down. They'd gone up a bit higher. So they, they have come down slightly in the, the last few weeks. One, one of the things that's a high priority just now for the government is trying to conf- control inflation. And the ways that they try to do that is they they can tax more, interest rates can go up, which is what's been happening. So once inflation is back to a more kind of normal sort of level, it's likely that we would see the trend of interest rates rising, not so much reverse, but certainly slow down. And and you may at, at some point see some rates coming back down. I think the days are when we were right down with the base rate under kind of 1%. I I think that's behind us for for quite some time. But it's always interesting to see how things go on on that side. Would you say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics so far and we may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thanks for joining us for episode 125 of the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. And thanks also to our guests today, business coaching expert and author Stuart Mason. Now, if you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal finance community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn too, or why not email Phil a question he can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured we won't use your real name if that's what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. That way you'll get us every week with the info you want 
when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks very much, John. And thanks again for, for coming on, Stuart. It's been great not only to hear you you go through things today, but thanks for all your, your help over the years that you've given myself and my business as well. Very welcome, Phil. Thanks for having me. Always good. Always a pleasure. And thanks to John as well.